Hey, Lauren. Hey, Sam. Are you ready to talk about The Last Samurai? I am, because after all, we are the watchers of movies. topic this week um it is about reality show tropes because i've been watching a whole lot of catfish and a whole lot of 90 day fiance and i gotta tell you i'm obsessed with both (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna start watching 90 day fiance i think it sounds ridiculous i'm excited to see what you think it's like because there are characters, there are not characters, there are couples that you're like, okay, yeah, I can see this working out. Like, I can see them really, like, having a relationship. And then there's other couples where you're like, yeah, this isn't going to last. You know, and I've done, like, research and, like, Google to see if the couples ended up, like, working out. And, like, <laughs> like some of them that I was like, this isn't going to work out. They, like, did not work out, and I was like, ha I was right <laughs> the whole time, you know? Oh, wow, jeez. Yeah, because, yeah. well, you can just tell, like, it's either, like, a clash of personalities or someone's, like, too controlling or they, like, don't get, like, there's this one guy named, um, oh, my God, what's his name? Oh, Jason, and his wife is named, I think it's Cassia. Oh, my God, I'm, anyway... He's, like, so he's, like, 15 years older than her. She's, like, 38. She's, like, 23. And she came from wherever she came from. And she's, like, totally alone and totally isolated. And he's, like, you're being really clingy right now. And I'm, like, she, like, she left her home country for you. And you're the only person that she knows. Of course she's being clingy. She doesn't know anyone. And it's just, like, and he's, like, and even his friends are, like, dude, you have to realize, like, what she gave up for you, and you have to be a little bit more understanding. And he's, like, well, I just think, like, she's not letting me, like, do the things I wanted. Like, she didn't want him to have strippers at her, at his, like, bachelor party because she wasn't comfortable with it. And he's just, like, well, I can't control what they do. And it's just, like, okay, you're you're just a jag then. Like, you're just an ass. Like, you're not... Like, if your fiancé is like, I'm super uncomfortable with this, you've got to listen and be like, okay, I respect your choices, yeah. you know? I think if if you say to somebody, I would I would like it if you didn't have strippers at your bachelor party, and he was like, well, I'm gonna, then I'd question if I wanted to marry him. I'd think, yeah. You know, if he, if he like, because a stripper is not essential to life, so I'm not withholding anything essential and no. if he can't handle that, then how how can I trust him to, like, be a good partner in any other aspect of my life, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not like I'm telling him, I'm not telling him that he can't drink water anymore, you know? Yeah, so. like, well, and that's, I think that's the thing, is that, like, there, so there's this, like, one girl who, um, her name is Chelsea, and her boyfriend's name is Yamir, and he came from Nicaragua, where he was, like, a huge pop star, and... Like, Justin Timberlake, Nicaraguan levels of, like, pop star. Like, a ginormous pop star in Nicaragua. And he gave up his life and his career to, like, move to America with her. And he's like, hey, I want to move to Chicago. There's a lot more opportunities for me there. Like, we should move there after we get married. Um, You know, I can start a, a music career again. And she's like, well, I just don't think that we should. Because, like, this and this and that. And 
then I was like looking up and I was like, they got a divorce and he moved to Chicago. And I was like, of course they did. Cause she is so fine with being like in her comfort zone that she's not taking the time to realize that like he left his country and his career for her. And she's like so caught up in what she wants to do. And I was just like, fuck you, Chelsea. Like, fuck you. <laughs> like, you know? So, that storyline, that storyline is bananas. I don't know if I buy that. If he's already an established pop star in another country, why couldn't they, why couldn't his producers help him ease the transition so he could be a pop star globally? Well, he was like, in a, seems like a boy band. He's in a boy band, oh, so that might have been a lie. Oh, you said Justin Timberlake. You didn't say in sync. She. <laughs> okay, in my defense. I heard you say Justin excuse Timberlake. Me. Excuse me. Not in my in defense. Sync. I was repeating what she said. She's the one that called him a Nicaraguan Justin oh Timberlake. Gosh. All right. <laughs> so, what are your tropes? What are, What are some of your tropes? Okay, so my first trope is when people are shopping for a new house and they don't like the paint on the walls. Like, you I love that. paint yes. over the paint that's on the walls. Oh, my gosh. That, that goes like, along with... I. Let, oh, go ahead. <laughs> Just like, like, they walk in and they're like, well, I don't know, this paint's really ugly. And I'm just like, oh, my God you can paint over it like it's like it's not like you're stuck forever with this paint color and for some reason like people always forget that and I'm like what do you think what are you thinking like <laughs> you know I love that goes along with some of my I um home fixer upper shows have the worst tropes and uh that goes along with some of mine when like people are going through million dollar homes and nothing is good enough for them like oh, oh this God. only has six bathrooms we wanted 10 bathrooms <laughs> we have one child we need 10 bathrooms or like oh this bathroom has a shower and a tub I only wanted a shower just the most <laughs> ridiculous things and I love it I love the paint comment because that one is so common I know it's like well and it's also it's just, like, not logical, you know? Like, you can change the paint color. Why are you so fixated on it? Just get over mm-hmm. it. You're fine. Um, I think if people are going to be that picky and they're, like, buying these homes that are millions of dollars, just build your own, you know? Like, what are you yeah. doing? You know? Yeah, well, the one thing about reality shows, the one thing about reality shows is that I think at least 50% of them are actors. Yeah. Because I don't think... I don't think they could get that many people. Um, you know, like, they'd, they'd have to give away a lot more stuff if all of them were, like, people like you and me. So yeah. I think for, like, budgeting reasons, they might have, like, one or two real contestants or whatever you call them, and then the rest are just actors. Because yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know some people that I would call vapid in my life, but I don't know if I've known anyone as vapid as a reality show contestant. So <laughs> I hope that they're mostly fake. <laughs> Yeah, um, okay, so the other one I have is the, oh, no, you go, actually, you go after me. What was yours? Oh, well, um, I had another one, I had a couple from, like, Fixer Upper shows, because those are the most reality shows I've watched, and I had another one in, um, I think it was, I think it's a show called Fixer Upper that I used to see a lot when I was on break at work on the TV in the break room. And there was always, like, there was 
two hosts, and the one would be the realtor, realtor who would take the people to these new fancy houses, and the other one was, like, the construction person who would, like, fix up their current house. Love it or list it. That's what it's called. It's called love uh-huh. it or list it. So they have to decide their house is going to get all remodeled, and then they have to decide if they want to keep their house or buy a new house. And inevitably, in every show, the construction, the woman who was in charge of the construction would find some ridiculous problem, and the homeowners would be so mad at her. Because she'd be like, (laughs) okay, so we were cleaning out the basement, and we found a water leak, so we're going to need another $3,000 to fix it. And the homeowners are like, what are you talking about? You told us you could do this. And I, th- and I always would think this has to be fake because nobody is stupid enough to think that it's her fault. Your home is leaking water. She obviously like, obviously when you're digging in and you're starting to fix things, you're going to find problems. So how are all these naive people so bl- like blind, like blindsided by the fact that there's an issue in their home that somebody just discovered. And that always bugged me. That was like the never, it never failed. In every episode, she would find some degree of problem. She would have to ask for more money and they would always get pissed at her. Like it was her fault. Oh, that's so dumb. It's like, I can't believe that. I am offended that you would even suggest that my water is leaking. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, We've already down. told you our budget. We can't give you any more money. It's like, well, sorry. Okay, this um, is the name water of the game. Water leak in our home. Excuse me. That is not a thing that occurs. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that, uh, that that always drove me nuts, and I started hating. Like I started hating that show. It stopped at first. It was sort of like a little bit of like entertaining. Like I can't look away, and then it just getting it got so irritating because the the people were usually so unreasonable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Anyway, do you have another one? Yeah, I have a couple actually. Okay, so I have the. One guy who's just, like, a total asshole, but for some reason, like, women love him. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) that's a lot of, like, the love type of shows, you know? Um, But, yeah. And, like, we were talking about on... Okay, so this kind of... I feel like this goes hand in hand because we were talking about Zumbo's Just Desserts. We were talking about Daniel and how we both (laughs) so, Mm -hmm. like, just dislike Daniel so much. Um... And he was he's a like, bad contestant. He was so uh, annoying. He was such a jerk. And he would, like, change his story to match, like, what they had to do. Did you ever notice that? He did that? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. They'd be like, he, they'd be like, we're going to make something romantic, like a love-based cake. And he was like, well, I have a girlfriend. And then, like, this, she really means a lot to me. So, like, I'm going to make a cake, like, thinking of her. And, and then, like, later he's like... Yeah, um, you know, like, I'm a bouncer, so, like, I have no shortage of women, and you're just like, ew, like, I don't, yeah. like, why are you, like, just, uh, I don't know, that kind of personality is just so, it's just he awful. He was so full of himself. <laughs> oh, he totally was, yeah, he thought he was a shit, and I was so disappointed that he lasted to, like, he was like the second to last one, because I was hoping he kept getting, he would, I, I was hoping he was going to get voted off. You know, but yeah. nope, no. I was too. I didn't like him. <clears throat> in a cooking or baking show, when the contestant is told to make a specific item, but they're like, they're like, well, they told us to make an almond. Um, I don't, I don't bake, so let's just say like an almond cake or whatever. <laughs> and they're like, and but I think I'm gonna use peanuts in mine, and it's like, 
did they say to use peanuts in your cake or did they say to use almonds? Yeah. And you should Daniel would do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he'd say like, I know the brief is telling me to make this almond cake, but I'm going to go above and beyond and use peanuts and hazelnuts because yeah. I want mine to really stand out. And then they'd say, the judges would say to him, well, the brief was to make an almond cake. So right. it never, like, it didn't really work in his favor ever. He just got no. lucky that he was always better than somebody else, so he didn't get voted off very fast, you know? Oh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, no, and I know. And that would always thing. drive me nuts. It's like, it's like you have to do what the instructions say. And, yeah, I know, I never worked for in his favor, but he was just so, he was just such, like, an egotistical guy that he didn't care, you know? So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, what's what's your Yeah, do you have one? any other ones? I do. Do you have any others? Um, oh, I do, but it's 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 another one from like a a fix like a HGTV show. And it's just oh. it's this is a trope that's like been around the internet forever and it's like two people who are like we're just starting out. I'm a kindergarten teacher. My wife doesn't work and we're our budget is 3 million dollars. You know, that sort of trope. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there's been memes about that one, but it is true. I mean, it's not an inaccurate meme. I think that's why it's so popular, because it's It's, it's very true. true. Yeah, that's like that John yeah. Mulaney thing. Did you ever see the John Mulaney stand-up where he's like, he's like, my wife does yoga teaching on the beach, and I bike for butterflies, and our <laughs> budget is $3 million, and we have to live in the middle of the city, but also on the beach. And what can we do? <laughs> like, and yeah, it's, it's exactly. Like, yeah, it's like this is an impossible standard for anyone to reach because it's like literally you can't have. You yeah, know. <laughs> and there's always a voiceover. There's always a voiceover that's like, <laughs> but it's still three miles away from the inner part of the city where Julie wanted to live, yeah. and it's like, and she's like pissed. Like they're always so pissed. They're like, well, we told you we didn't want to live this far away from the city center, and I'm like tough rocks you want a house i don't i don't know so anyway well, that's all like, if you have more um okay yeah um ego cases who brag to confession cams that's oh yeah, that's good yeah yeah um also so on 90 day fiance there's this couple named danielle and muhammad and um, the, the trope is that the person who lies and then gets, like, sad or confused when, like, someone, like, leaves them because they're lying so much. And she, like, he, he, well, first of all, he was really obviously just using her for a green card. Like, it was really obvious. And, um, oh, yeah, and he, so he gets in the country and she's like, I have to tell you something. Um, I actually, like, lied about my finances and I'm, like, really in debt. And he's like, okay. That's not cool. So he goes to a lawyer and he's like, what is going to happen if I marry her? And the lawyer's like, well, you're going to take on any debts that she has in case something and if something happens to her. And he's like, I he's like, I don't want to do that. You know, like, understandably so. And yeah, uh, that's weird. And, and then she, he leaves and like, but it was just it was so obvious that he was just there for a green card. And I kind of felt bad for her, but I kind of didn't at the same time because she did lie, like, and she continued lying to, like, get him into the country and then told him the truth about something that's a pretty big deal. And, yeah. um, 
But, like, on their wedding day, he's like, um, I can't actually kiss you. It's against my religion because it's during Ramadan. And so I was like, yeah, right. And so I looked it up because I was curious. I was a curious little kitty cat. And, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, can you kiss during Ramadan? Like, I was, like, typing it up. And they're like, yeah, you can. You just can't, like, really do anything else until after the sun sets because it's like, you know, you're fasting mm-hmm. and you're... Um, whatever, during that time. And I was like, so that was kind of a shitty move on his part because he just lied to her about, like, not being able to kiss her in front of, like, all her family and friends and everything. And it was just, it was just weird. But anyway, yeah, that, that's the end of my of my tropes. Well, so. Yeah, those are good. That sounds, I, I can't wait to start watching that show because it sounds ridiculous in a good way it's awesome okay so i'm dying of curiosity tell me what you thought of the movie um i well there are plenty of things i didn't like about it and i think it's a beautiful story if i just look at the story i really liked it the the plot was Pretty pretty great, I think. However, on paper, it's different than in a movie. And I think the style, there was a lot of filmmaking, like style choices in the filmmaking that I did not like. And I, I didn't care for Tom Cruise's performance. And I would not watch it again. Neither <laughs> would I. It's very long. I- I didn't really like yeah. it, to be honest with you. Um, I had a lot of issues with it. The biggest issue is being that I felt, first of all, the story is based um, on a real person called Saigo Takamori, who was a samurai and who was like, like dubbed like the last true samurai during the Maiji res- Restoration, which is what this where the story takes place. Um, and, you know... That's a Japanese man. So I felt like there was a little bit of like the white savior complex going on. And I really didn't like that. You know, like it, it wasn't mm-hmm. it, like, why, why was Tom Cruise the last samurai when he's an American man and has only just been recently training in, in the arts of the samurai, whereas all these other men have been doing it their entire lives. And I just, I'm like, I'm like, really? Like, this is 2003 that this movie came out, and this shouldn't be, like, a, the narrative. The the white savior narrative should not be a thing that's happening, you know? It just, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really like see it that. that way. I saw it a little bit differently than you. Um, I took the title to be The Last Samurai as in plural, like the group was The Last Samurai, Okay. Because at the end of the movie, they the the voiceover was like, and the the time of the samurai has was ended. And I do agree with you. I don't think you're wrong. I think there is definitely a white savior story, but I didn't necessarily see the title as calling Tom Cruise just Tom Cruise the last samurai. I thought okay. it just meant like the generation, <laughs> the last generation of samurai as a collective. And then when um. Ken Watanabe's character died, I think he was actually, I think the movie sort of pointed to him being the true last samurai. Right. But I think Tom Cruise 
did have like slight overtones when he was talking to the emperor at the end and he offered to com commit suicide or is it called Harry Carey? Is that what Se it's called? Seppuku. When they Seppuku. So when he when he offered <laughs> to do that, I thought there was like overtones of the fact that he respected the samurai ways and he would follow them because of his training, but I didn't I didn't feel like the movie was saying he was the last samurai. Okay, um, I got yeah, but I, I do I agree with you. you I don't think you're wrong. I think okay. though there's there is a white savior story for sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, I yeah for sure. Um, <clears throat> so in the beginning, when you're seeing him backstage and he's drinking, and um, he goes like up on stage and he's like totally wasted and he's like doing this whole performance thing, I was like really interested in that part. I was like, wow, this is like the way the rest of the movie's going. This might be really good, you know? Um, and then it kind of like kind of went downhill and I really, really hated the way that they did the flashbacks with the like shaky, weird. Oh, I have that. Oh my God. I, written on my notes. Do you? Do you? <laughs> yeah. I, I like hated it. I was like, yes, that was the first thing I wrote down. White. Like, do, like either do it in black and white or do it in, like, muted colors so we understand that it's in the past. Like, but the weight, the, like, weird shaky camera or whatever it was that they did, I, I, I've i seen that in so many other movies. And every time I'm like, this is bad. Don't do that. I don't like that. That style is awful. It's just like, ugh. It's like, it's like a cheap, it's a cheap director trick to make it seem artistic. And it's yeah. so annoying. It is. I, I hated the flashbacks. I wish, like... I can see the need for flashbacks because they want to tell how Tom Cruise's character, like, he has, like, he's so distaste, he has such a bad taste in his mouth from, like, striking the Native American population down. So I, I think there is a need for flashbacks, but I, I wish that they would have maybe taken just, like, three minutes and just done a full-fledged flashback in the style of the movie you know what yeah, i mean like yeah. real time not I artistic agree. just show three three minutes of the movie show the whole story and then that's all like then we're up to speed with why his character is is like an alcoholic now and why he's having such a hard time because yeah this the weird like dreamy effect and then the weird Showing like showing them mowing down Native Americans with like music playing and like slow fast motion was so bad. It was awful. <laughs> it was I, awful. Yeah, it like yeah. like I I just kept like every time they would flashback, I'd be like, oh man, this again. Oh, uh, this is just yes, no, yes. <laughs> like I, it drove me nuts. Yeah. Like I, I and I also really disliked the fact that there was a bunch of like. Well, okay, we can get into it, but, like, a bunch of slow-motion action scenes that I felt were, like, super unnecessary to be slow-motion. Like, either it was, like, it's one thing to do, like, a little bit of slow-motion and then show the rest of it in regular motion, but it was, like, there there was this one scene where the samurai were all approaching them from, like, the this, like, like it was, like, a dust, not a dusty, but, like, a foggy kind of, like, foresty oh, area. Oh, yeah, I would... <laughs> 
<laughs> oh when my that God. battle was starting, I thought to myself, oh, it's a good thing the samurai set up the fog machines early <laughs> so that the battle could be foggy. So they look extra mysterious <laughs> coming in. Yeah, that and also yeah. their approach was so slow that I was like, okay, at first it was like, oh, this is exciting. This is scary. <laughs> but then it like yeah. got to like ridiculous, like... <laughs> Where they're going it was so like, slow. It was like in Monty Python. I was like bored. It was like in Monty Python when they're watching the guy. They're watching the guy come at the castle, and they just keep looking, and he's still really far away for like three different shots. Exactly. <laughs> I agree. It was bad. It was like I like whatever anticipation I had was like slowly dwindling because I was like, well, they're gonna take twenty minutes to get here, so you guys can do whatever you want. Like. Take a coffee break. It's cool. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Just wait. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah. I I don't. Uh. I thought the movie, um, I thought it was very male dominated, which I sort of had to put on my, I had to put on a different hat when I was watching it a little bit because I've seen movies that are male dominated that are very intriguing and they like pull me in and I still really like them even though there's not a lot of female influence in the movie but mm-hmm. this movie was flat and I and I and I had to sort of put on the hat of like okay if I was somebody who liked battle movies like not everyone likes thoughtful romantic or talky sort of movies people like battle movies so I had to sort of try that hat on and think, okay, it's a battle movie. Would I like this if I was into that? And I think maybe I would, and maybe the like the fact that it was so male-dominated might not have bothered me. But I wish, um, I just wish there was more females in it, or maybe it was a yeah. little bit of a warmer movie. And the only female, well, for a while, when he was taken captive in the in the samurai's village... I thought, is that the only female in the village? But then they'd show some fleeting group shots and there would be other women, but it was very rare. No other women spoke. Yeah. And you didn't, no other women got more than like 0.2 seconds of screen time. And I really didn't care for that. I wish that, and not that there needs to be women everywhere. I just, I just thought, oh wow, lucky Tom Cruise gets to stay in this house with the one woman, you know? <laughs> yeah. I didn't I actually care for that. posted that on the Instagram story. I was like really disappointed that the only woman in the film, other than extras, has almost no character development. And it was it was totally true. Yeah. yeah. And she has like maybe three lines and I mean, you're you're not even seeing like the thing is that you're not even seeing her grieve over her dead husband or anything like that. It's just like, it's like she has to bounce back immediately, take care of the guy who murdered her husband. And yes, understandably so, because it was either him or the guy. I get it. Obviously, like if, you know, your, your survival instincts are going to kick in and you're going to kill the other dude instead of yourself, you know, but, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I just, I totally agree with you. It was just like, if they were going to have such a male-dominated movie and they were going to have a female in it, she should have been a lot more developed. Especially since it was a two-hour-and-a-half-hour a two movie. And in my mind, that's inexcusable to not have any sort of character development for a female in a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie where she's a pretty big well, part, I mean, especially, too. 
a female that has a yeah a female that has a big role the the role exactly. like the size of her role demanded much more attention and I didn't I didn't care for that I didn't care I didn't I didn't even know I think they had I mean I know they had sort of a love story but I never believed the love story it no. just all of a sudden one day she was like I love you well she didn't even say I love you she just like put him in her husband's armor at the end near the end battle and I was like this is weird I there's nothing between them they, yeah no I, I actually wrote that down story. I wrote that down I was like what I write I wrote um okay hold on I wrote I said that weird scene of the movie for some reason the only woman in the entire film is dressing Tom Cruise in the warrior outfit <laughs> like I'm like and it was just yeah. And then they like kiss, but you're like, okay. <laughs> you're like like there's not it's not like you're like, oh, they finally get together, you're excited or anything. You're kind of just like, why is she kissing him? Like there's and there was nothing it, it wasn't it wasn't special in any way. Like it wasn't like a this may be the last time I'm gonna see you. It wasn't emotional. It just there was nothing to it. There's no there's no real reason for them to have a romantic connection. And like you said, it came out of nowhere, which again, in my opinion, in um, according to Wikipedia, 154 minutes, that's inexcusable because it's lazy because you're not it's like, yeah. like you have so much time. Well, I, have, <laughs> you know? I have a comment. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I feel like you're kind of leading me into something that I really wanted to talk about. Okay. About the movie, about Tom Cruise. And so I'm going to try to paint this picture for you. Um, I really like Tom Cruise. You know that. We've talked about it. Oh, I I, I like Tom yeah, Cruise. Same here. But I did not I did not think he was well-suited for this role. I, I disliked pretty much his whole performance. And I think... So... This is something that I, I would have noticed. Let's say I, I watched this movie like three years ago. I would have noticed that something was off, but I don't think I could have put it into words because Mike taught me something uh, about professional wrestling that when I was watching this movie, I immediately noticed it and thought, oh, oh my gosh, I, I see it. So, okay. So in professional wrestling, this is what he taught me, like... You know, you see, like, a big, powerful guy, you think, oh, he's a good wrestler. But really, in professional wrestling, being big and powerful is only, like, 50% of your talent. The other 50% is how well you can sell the person you're in the ring with. So if somebody is, like, wrestling you in the ring and beating you up in the ring, you have to be able to sell their performance and bring out sort of, like, a golden performance in them, which in turn makes you look better. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. So, and as I was watching this movie, I did not think, I don't think Tom Cruise is humble enough to sell his character well. I don't think that he had what it took to be a character who was sort of thrust into this, like, stranger in a strange land situation and to be completely humbled, like, stripped of everything that's familiar and to be humbled enough to become a samurai. I never bought it. He was not selling it at all because he was always too confident. Every time they, even when he was in, like he was in like a battle early on or like a little, like a fake sword fight with one of the guys, one of the samurai. Yeah. And 
he kept the samurai guy kept knocking him down and Tom Cruise kept getting back up and I think that was supposed to sort of like show his resilience but he was just too I just he he wasn't humble enough he he wasn't humble enough to like show that yeah you're you're beating me down and I see that now I need to sort of like adopt your ways and change your ways he was always just too confident and I think that works really well for Tom Cruise in modern day movies and future movies but I don't think it worked for him as a as a historical character or in this sit setting because he was really bad at precociousness yeah. as well like he had that he had that bodyguard that was following him around that never talked and he was like I'm gonna call you Bob do you like that Bob and I was just like oh this precociousness is making me <laughs> nauseous and the movie, the whole thing in the movie was, like, sort of gratuitously designed to make him seem so brave. Like, when he was, like, telling, when he was telling the general that the army that he was training isn't ready, and he was forcing the young guy to shoot at him, he's like, shoot at me, kill me, because he knew that the guy wouldn't be able to do it because he was not properly trained right. yet. It was just so sickening. Like, oh, Tom Cruise is so brave. He's so bold courage in the face of battle and I just I didn't buy it he was too in control the whole time and I think the one of the reasons I think this story is pretty beautiful when you like strip it down is it's just like it's got that stranger in a strange land and a strange culture you know everything you know and everything is familiar is gone and you're thrust in the middle of this crazy situation and you sort of rise to the challenge and you adopt this new culture and I, I think that's a really beautiful story like he grew to appreciate and love the culture but I just didn't buy it because Tom Cruise is, was he was always like the center of everything right. he had to be in the center of everything and I think he's just too proud as an actor maybe his confidence is just too much to sell that to me and I I was thinking like I think Christian Bale probably could have done that role oh my god pretty beautifully. yes he you know okay so I actually want to revisit that scene that you're talking about where they're fighting in the rain and um that samurai is beating him with a wooden stick um I thought that that scene seemed to me like it should have been a more emotional scene because it was kind of a turning point for his character yes yes but it wasn't emotional Right. Like, it wasn't emotional almost at no, all. No, I, yeah. And I was, like, and I was watching this, and I'm, like, man, this scene is really giving off, the, like, the wrong vibe. Like, I feel like it should have a lot more of an impact. It should be, like, you know, this is kind of, like, a situation that this guy has never been in because he's always been so good at fighting. And now someone else is so easily Yeah, he's always him. been in control. Yeah. Yes. And, and it's just, like... And and yes. I just I felt like something was missing. It was like a hollow scene. It's like, it's it, it's just like there was nothing. There's no. It's like getting a chocolate, uh, like a thing of chocolate, and thinking it's like a solid thing of chocolate, and then opening it up and realizing it's hollow, and you're just like, oh, that's what's inside. Nothing, <laughs> you know, like. It's yeah, cheap. yeah, because he can't. He didn't have the humility to sell that he was like. I understand resilience in battle, and you can show that by making him repeatedly get up and try to fight. 
but he, like you said, there's no emotion. So it's almost like, yeah, I'm Tom Cruise. I can still beat you. It's not like, oh man, I'm in, this is above my pay yeah. grade, you know? So I'm glad you saw that too. Cause I totally yeah, agree with Yeah, I, I think. No emotion. I think who else yeah. would have been really good in that role is Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Mm-hmm. I think you could have been. Just somebody who is able to. Express emotion. <laughs> somebody who's able to have. Some, that was kind well, of me. <laughs> he can I express emotions. I don't think Tom Cruise is bad. Well, he's just not as emotional. I think emotional, I've seen him though. do really well in roles. I just, I just think in this role, and it goes along with your white savior complex. Like he was too much of a white savior instead of a teach me your right. ways and I'll help right. you. Right. And I think like Christian Bale or Hugh Jackman have the ability to be strong and powerful, but also have the ability to play humility a lot better vulnerability a lot better yeah yeah i agree um and yeah so i agree i'm yes emotionless and tom cruise (laughs) he really his characters hardly ever display vulnerability and i think that is to me a very important part of the characterization of and character development of any of anyone like having that vulnerability i think shows a sense of growth and development and he just doesn't have that it's like i mean i'm pretty much like repeating what you're saying because i totally agree with you it's like he just he just he's too big for his own britches and he needs to like just slow down and and just have a more compelling performance for this role well i think and i yeah, for this role, because I've seen him in other roles, and I've really enjoyed his performance, and, and you know, I, I think that he's he's had situations in other roles where I've seen emotion from him that I'm satisfied with, but I, yeah, I think this role just didn't have the reverence, he didn't, he's not able to capture the yeah. reverence that I think this role required to actually make this role, uh, to make this movie a very compelling yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I agree with you, I... yeah. I definitely, I couldn't, I guess it's like one of those things where I couldn't really like put it into words or I guess I didn't really like realize it until you started pointing it out. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Yep. 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 That's exactly yeah, it. It's like, just, <laughs> like you hit that nail on the head. You recognize something is off. Right. Yeah, like something is off, but you can't quite put your finger on it. Yeah, so, so that's that's the main issue I had with the movie was just Tom Cruise, and I don't think I've ever said that before about a movie that he's been in really that much. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, I think I think he kind of annoyed me in the movie Risky Business. I never saw that but one. Any other movie I've seen him in, I just I, there's something about his role in this movie that, and I think when you said white savior complex, I thought, yep, I yeah. see that just. Just no humility in his in his performance. To, no believable right. humility, yeah. I guess. And also, there's a scene. There's a scene that really bothered me, and I think it was supposed to show the disparity between him and the Japanese culture. But he's out walking around, and then he goes in the house, and he sees the woman cleaning mud off the floor, and he looks down, and his boots are caked with mud. And I thought. That's not just Japan. Like in America, where you probably grew up and lived, if your boots were that caked with mud, you wouldn't walk into. I don't think you would walk into somebody's home. So I didn't. I didn't like that at all because I was like, "What is wrong (laughs) with him? Like his boots. It looked like he walked through a bog. Oh yeah, for sure. Like they weren't just muddy. They were like 
they were like mud. They were like there was like and, a half an thought, inch of mud on there. Like it was a lot of mud. Yeah. Like it was like yeah. <laughs> and and he walked <laughs> way into yeah. the house. Like it wasn't just three steps in. He was like in another room of the house. And I thought that never crossed your mind until you got there and saw her cleaning. That maybe you should have taken your shoes off. And I don't know. That really annoyed I think, me because I thought it was. Um, it was sorry. too on the nose. Maybe. Sorry to interrupt you. I think that that could have been. Because while I was watching that scene, I was thinking um, this would be a good part for them to have a kind of, like, moment together if he helped clean up, you know? Like, yeah, and, yes. and that didn't happen. Yeah. And I was like, this is kind of a perfect moment for him to be like, I'm so sorry. That was my fault. Like, let me help you. You know, like, you shouldn't be responsible for my mess. You know what I mean? Or something like that. But... And I don't know mm-hmm. <clears throat> if it's a cultural thing. Obviously, um, you know, women during that time were seen more as, like, housewives and, like, cleaned up after, like, their man, which is so stupid and, like, makes me angry. But, like, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I th- I think that they kind of, they missed out on that scene. And I think they could have done something with that scene. And they kind of just, like, it was, nope, nope. Yeah, I just, well, I just think it was, like, an an example of just, they tried, they kept trying to make him look like a fish out of water, but I think that sort of behavior is almost universal. Like, why would you walk into yeah. anyone's house with that much mud on your boots? So, that, that kind of bothered me. And it also, um, I really, I liked the dynamic of their situation. I didn't hate it because... Like, Ken Watanabe's character saw a vision of a tiger in battle, and then he saw Tom Cruise fighting with, like, as a last resort, like, a flag of a tiger. And so he took him captive instead of killing him, and then he placed him in the house of the family whose father he killed, and I thought that's an interesting dynamic, but like you said, it just lacked so much emotion all the way through. yeah. And that really bothered me. And you got to see her. So the woman whose husband Tom Cruise killed in battle, she's Ken Watanabe's yeah. sister. And so you see her talking to him. One time you see her with like emotion saying, I, I want to kill myself. It's so shameful having him in my house. I hate it. And I really liked that sort of opening up. But that scene was so brief. And you never saw stuff yeah. like that again. And like you don't see her like, you don't see her suffering or anything like that you know you don't ever see like like if they had showed these like maybe like little intimate moments where she's like by herself and she's crying or something you know just to show Mm -hmm. like oh this really sincerely affected her but yeah they did there was a overall I think throughout the film there was like what you said a lot of emotion that should have been explored and wasn't and it it didn't mm-hmm. leave, it, it, it just left, it just left you feeling like you had just missed something, you know? It, it's, it's, it, it's like you can't, you can't yeah. quite put your finger on it until you really think about it, but then you're kind of like, oh, okay, it's because there's just a lot of fighting and not a lot of emotion evolved, and and that's the thing is that it is a, a very emotional film because it's about these people who are fighting for to keep their way of life and to 
to live the way that they want to live and to live the way that they have lived since the 12th century, by the way. That's when samurai started coming around. So it's been 600 years of living this way. And suddenly the little... <laughs> I wrote in my notes, like, <laughs> I called him the pussy bitch em emperor because I really hated him. I thought he was such a little bitch. Like, he just, like could not make any decisions. And I was like, make a goddamn decision! <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, this emperor... I liked... The, I... This, uh, this emperor is, like, letting everyone make a decision for him. And I just... I, I, I just... Yeah, I, anyway. That's it. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I liked... I really liked the basis of the, the storyline. Like... There's so much in this movie that I think did went. I think they did a lot of things really well in tiny bits, but the movie itself, I didn't really care for. Same. But I really like. I like how um, the world, like now, the world we live in now is essentially very mm -hmm. tiny. But at that time, the world was just starting to get smaller, and I like that there's this Eastern culture and Western culture, and it makes sense that. Eastern, like, one culture would be fascinated with the other in different ways. And so I like that the Emperor is sort of on the cusp of this mega world yeah. change. And he doesn't really know what to do because no Emperor before him has really had this issue. But now he's fascinated by, like, the Western culture and um, by stories about the Native Americans and how the Americans killed the Native Americans. And fascinated with railroads and with industry and he wants to bring his his country up to the same power and success that the United States has but he he's running into this like he has this clash of cultures because like you said the Japanese culture well samurai culture is like 600 600 years old Japanese culture is like ancient you know and I really liked that sort of juxtaposition how he was he was struggling and he was letting other people make the decisions for him because the decision was so difficult and then Ken Watanabe's character who was sort of like his mentor was like you have to find the wisdom to make the right decisions for all of us and I really liked that but just another example of like a really great storyline that they could have explored but they stopped too yeah. soon because I agree, the Emperor seems so weak, but I think if they would have just given him a little bit more, like a few more moments and a few more scenes, it could have been a very com more, much more compelling story on screen. Yeah, yeah. You know what I, you no, know what I, I mean? agree. So I agree with you. Like, yeah, because the Emperor doesn't have a lot of de development either, and he really is an essential part of the story. Mm -hmm. um, and it's yeah. not his story, but it is. he is part of it. So... I, I just right. had, <clears throat> I had a hard time liking him because I was kind of like, he's just like, oh, tell me what to do. And I'm just like, oh my God, you're the emperor. Like people think you're a living God. You need to sit down and you make it, need to make a decision. Like you need to make a decision, not someone else. You're the emperor. Just like buck up and do your goddamn job. Like, it's just like. It just, and he, I don't know, he, I, I just, I, I just couldn't stand him. That is not, I don't think that's necessarily um, on 
the writing or anything that might just be like actually historically based after someone. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I did read that he was historically based after someone, but I, let's see, I don't know if I wrote it down. I have like some stuff that I wrote down. Um, he, Emperor Maiji, I don't know if that was, that wasn't his name though, was it? I don't think so. I don't remember. Yeah, that was his name. Okay, so he was based after a real person. Um, but, because that, what, their whole thing, what they were going through was called the Maiji Restoration. So, it was um, a time, this is what, according to Wikipedia, says, was an event that restored practical imperial rule to the Empire of Japan in, in 1868 under Emperor Maiji. Although... There were ruling emperors before Meiji Restoration. The events restored practical abilities and cons- consolidated the political system under the Emperor of Japan. Um, and I guess that was part of it was getting rid of the samurai. So, um, yeah. I I had... Yeah, I really liked Ken... I, uh, sorry, I, I had no idea that the samurai were like kind of like a rural soldier like I always thought that they were like soldiers of like the the emperor you know I had no idea that they were they were like they like work for like landholders and like and like um you know um okay they're called daimo daimyo the great feudal landholders um I thought that they were I didn't realize that they were kind of like I don't know I don't know I thought I guess I I didn't know. I, I I am showing how little I know about Japanese culture. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just thought that was well. In the movie, in the movie, they said. Go on. In the yeah, in the movie, they said that they were they had like pledged themselves to the right. emperor, but with the influx of like Western culture, they you know like some of them were adapting. Like there was a cup. There was that one general who would never use a gun because. He was a uh-huh. samurai, but he was still working for the empire emperor. But he wasn't with the samurai in their like mountain right. village. Yeah. So. Uh, I, yeah, it was interesting. I really liked. I thought that they they painted Japanese culture in, in sort of a pretty. I liked how they. I liked how the cult Japanese culture is pretty mysterious to people back then. I would think. And so I, I liked, like, when Tom Cruise, when they were going, when he was being captured and he saw Ken Watanabe watching that general commit ritual suicide, yeah. and he didn't understand it, he, he said later to his character, he was like, I saw you behead somebody who was unarmed, and Ken Watanabe was like, well he died a good death because it's, it's shameful to die in battle, and it was my honor to kill him, and so I liked there was like they didn't understand they didn't understand each other's culture and I thought that was interesting yeah I mean it's obviously well also um it's not like during that time you know um the United States was having a lot of you know it's not like we were traveling back and forth between Japan a lot and you know like really close with them as a country or anything like that I think we've always kind of had a little bit of an iffy pass with them but um but <clears throat> I don't know. I I have to say, so 
the village that they were in, I thought was beautiful. But my first thought was, I bet that this isn't filmed in Japan. And I was right. <laughs> I was right. I think it's filmed in Switzerland. So, um, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, New Zealand. Sorry, New Zealand. Yeah. Um, in the Tarna- Taranaki uh, region because it resembles Mount Fuji. So, yeah. Really? And I, but I had a feeling because I was like, there are also stuff in, in California, like in, um, like the, some of the village scenes were shot, shot in like studios in California. And, um, some of it was filmed in Japan, but, um, yeah, the, the village, I just had a feeling, I was like, I bet this isn't filmed in Japan because I bet it's cheaper to do it elsewhere. First of all. <laughs> yeah. yeah most likely. And so yeah. when I looked it up, they were like, it, it was filmed in New Zealand. I was like, oh, man, I called it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was pretty proud of myself. I also was really proud of myself that I knew who the composer was without looking it up. I was like, this sounds like Hans Zimmer. And then I looked it up later and I was like, it was Hans Zimmer. All right. I know my Hans Zimmer. <laughs> I was pretty proud of that. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty a pretty yeah, score. Yeah, it was a beautiful it. score. I agree with you. Um, um, and I think the scenery, I think the scenery was really beautiful as well. Yeah. Um. So it, it, I just, I don't think I would ever recommend it to anybody. I think it it just it lacked, it lacked a lot of emotion. It lacked a lot of soul. I thought. I think Ken Watanabe did a really yes. good job. Uh, I like him. But I, I don't know. And I liked, um, there was a character, the character that was like the photographer. Oh, Timothy Spall's character? Uh, the British um, man. Yes. I thought, I liked his character. He was, he was not in it very much, but I really liked his character. I thought he did a really good job. And at the end, when he was watching that battle, like he went up on a ridge and he was watching that battle. What a gruesome and horrifying afternoon for him. <laughs> like just sitting there watching, he was watching Men with swords get mowed down by, like, automatic yeah. weapons. And it was... It was insane. I thought, what a what a terrible thing. Oh, and I did actually... I did some... I looked up something because it's something I never thought about before. But in the battle, there was some, like, horses getting shot and, like, rolling over and falling in battle. And I started thinking, that's really bad for horses. How do they get horses to do that without hurting their backs and getting injured. And so I did some research and there are trained horses. They're called falling. Oh, horses. really? And they are trained to fall in battle. Yeah. And they're, I think they're like some of the time the trainer is the one who's riding them. So he can make them fall by like pulling their heads in a certain way or, you know, pulling their necks to sort of guide them down. So they fall quote unquote safely. But back in the, in the early days of movie making, um, they were not, they were not, so safe like they were pretty cruel they would use like trip wires and stuff and it could injure the horses and even they could even die oh. but now obviously it's heavily regulated it's it's so they're called like falling horses and they're trained to fall without injuring themselves and that really fascinated me because i, I think um i don't particularly like seeing like gruesome battle scenes with humans but gruesome battle scenes with animals are oh like also very disturbing yeah. to me and so 
it was it, it was interesting. I I didn't realize that horses could be trained to fall. You safely, know, after I got bare, I was listening to an episode of um, this podcast, and it was about um, God, what is his name? He's like this guy, Ariel something. He like or something Ariel. He like this is a real thing. He can't. It just happened like a past. I don't know. Maybe like four years ago, these women were like. Um, like found in this guy's house and they were like kept there for like 10 years it was like three women you know what I'm talking about and they like and there was like a whole thing about yeah, it in the in news Ohio. was it in Ohio yeah and <clears throat> so yeah I remember hearing one of, it's a really disturbing story but one of the women had a dog and he like killed the dog in front of her and I got so upset by it that I couldn't listen because I was like oh my god what if someone did that to my precious little kitty and I like started crying and I was like I can't and I couldn't listen to the rest of it even though I had heard it before but after I got my cat it was suddenly like so much worse hearing that that I was like I can't believe that someone would do that to this person's animal that they love and it was just like I I, like yeah no hearing about animals getting hurt even like fictional animal like fictional animals I say like with quotations because they're not actually they're real but they're like in a fictional movie you know um, it, yeah, it's, it's upsetting. Even if you know that they're really safe, it's still like, you don't want to see it. You know, it, it's like, um, it's like that scene in yeah. I Am Legend where he used to kill his dog. Like, it's just like, you know that he has to do it. We don't want to watch it, you know, like. <laughs> My brother and I, I, that, that movie came out. I might've told you this story before. I feel like I've told it a bunch of times, but <laughs> When that movie came out, I was working at the theater, and so I took my brother and his wife to see it for free. And and the scene where he had to kill his dog, he called her Samantha, and my brother and I started laughing because that's my name. <laughs> and it was, and he called her Sam the rest of the time, so we didn't know that the dog's name was Samantha. And then I thought, oh, geez, Aww. this is a really intense moment. People around us are probably wondering why I'm oh, laughing. Oh no! But yeah, no, I agree. I I had to leave. I had to walk out of the movie War yeah. Horse. Um, for a scene because there was a scene where the horse was running across no man's land and got stuck in like barbed wire and I was watching it with my mom and I said I have to leave and so I left for a few minutes and came back when that scene was done or when I assumed that scene was done because it was just too intense so yeah I know what you mean but anyway horses are trained hey that's really interesting I did not know that I think that's pretty cool I mean that makes a lot of sense Um, yeah that's yeah. Something I never really, like, <clears throat> thought of either. Um, what I was thinking of, though, because I know at, at one point Tom Cruise's horse, like, rolls over, and he, like, crawls out from underneath it. And I was thinking, I'm like, isn't, like, wouldn't his leg be crushed, you know, or something? Yeah, I yeah. thought the same thing. I thought if a horse falls on your leg, I don't think you can just, like, crawl yeah. out. Because they weigh, I don't know, a thousand pounds, probably. I mean, if, horses are ginormous. Even, probably more oh, than yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, they are so, yeah. they are, like, I kind of forget just how big horses are until I'm in the presence of them. And I'm like, shit, you're ginormous, <laughs> you know? And, um, yeah. I mean, not that I have, I, I probably see horses more than normal people do just because my family has like I have family members that own horses in like Maryland and stuff like that so we'll like visit them um when we go to Maryland but um every time I see 
a horse, I'm just like, shit, man, these are ginormous animals and they are very strong and they yeah. are very powerful. And, uh, I don't know. I, I read somewhere, some, something, someone said, and they were like, imagine if horses were carnivorous. And I was like, <gasps> No, <laughs> like, I don't like that at all. <laughs> that would be terrifying. I'm like, that's terrifying. No, I don't like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, Jeez. I know. Um, okay, so so let's talk about, um, okay, so Amura, the, the businessman. What a piece of shit. Um, he tries to kill, uh, what's his name, Katsumoto, which is Ken Watanabe's character. And um, they send in those, like, ninjas or whatever, and then the the son gets shot. What's his name, the son? Nab, um, hold on. Nabutada? Nabutada? So Nabutada gets, like, mortally wounded. And then he's, like, going back, and he's, like, it's kind of, like, I thought it was very cliche, but it was, like, this moment where he was, like, I'm dying, but I'm going to use my last breath to, like, defeat all these guys. And I was, like, normally, normally I love that trope if it's done right. But in this movie, I thought it was stupid, and I thought it was, like, weirdly done, and it was supposed to be, again, an emotional scene, and it wasn't very emotional. It was just kind of weird. And, like, do you, do you kind of, like, get what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't, I, that's something that, that's actually a, a trope that I dislike because they, they're, like, they're at death's door, like, losing strength. He was bleeding from the mouth, and then all of a sudden he's able to get up and not just fire a couple shots, but fire quite a few shots of his bow and arrow and then run into a group of men shooting guns at him, and I thought, yeah, I, I hate, I really, I, I don't like it. I don't like that trope, because I, I don't like it when they're like, okay, just one more second, and I'll be dead. Oh, but there's a battle? All right, <laughs> a few more minutes, and then I'll be dead. I, I, don't I like, like it, because I think that, I think that you just have so much adrenaline that you're not even realizing how much pain you're in. And you're like, I have to, like, if they're going to kill me, then I'm going to make sure that I go down and I bring some down with me. And I, that's what I like about it is that it's like, it's like. Okay, you raise yeah. a good point. Like, you're so full I of adrenaline. If it's if he was in the yeah, middle. Yeah, go on. What are you saying? If he was <laughs> in the middle of the battle, if he was in the middle of the battle and we saw him get cut down multiple times and he just kept getting up and fighting back, that's one thing. But when they're pulled to the side and other characters are tending to them and there's a lull in the action and then they get back up after that, that's when I draw that's what I I don't think that's like. what I didn't like about because it. Because they've already like he's he's already like his adrenaline would be done right. by that point because he's sitting down and people are recognizing his wounds and calling attention to them. And I, I don't think the adrenaline could pick back up at yeah. that point. But if he was in the heat of battle and nobody like pointed out, oh, you're mortally wounded, you know, then I can then I can get on board with it a little yeah, bit more. Yeah. So I know yeah. what you're saying. Well, I and I think that's that. why I had an issue with that scene is because of exactly that. It was like it wasn't that they were, you know, um, 
he was like again being cut down and then continue fighting it was that it was just like why would he go back out there you know and i don't know and again a lack of emotion it was just it, it's just it felt like he should have been an emotional scene mm-hmm. this guy was on death's door he knew he was gonna die and it just felt ridiculous it was like i didn't like that scene in particular i thought it was just kind of weird just kind of weirdly done and i was like eh, whatever and i was like i'm like <laughs> but i wrote it in my notes because it it was just i was like oh what <laughs> okay you know, I don't know. Yeah, it was just another, like, just another example of a scene that could have been emotional and dramatic, but just yeah. wasn't so, as emotional and dramatic. So I did want to talk about one scene when, um, when Tom Cruise is telling Ken Watanabe about the 300, the, the you know, fight in Thermopylae uh, with the 300 warriors against Cersei's and... Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was telling about the Gerard movie. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I saw this movie. Um, I think we should do it. <laughs> like, what's a movie? I've never heard of this term before. They're, like, in the battle, and they're behind those, um, they're, like, shielded behind those wooden, wooden barriers, and, and Ken Watanabe's character turns to him, and he's like, what happened at Thermopylae? And, and Tom Cruise goes, well, they all died, or he said something like that. And they both, like, give each other this look like, we're going to do it. And, like, it was so, I thought that was such a weird reaction to, like, they're both, like, grinning at each other. And, like, they were so excited about, like, the prospect that they were going to die. It was just, it's just weird. Like, there was just such a lack of emotion with this film I had such an issue with that, you know, I, I, I like I just couldn't get on board because I felt like even though this is their culture and like the the idea is that you die in battle because that's like like honorable, you know, but the it's still it's still your death, like regardless of whether or not it's honorable, it's still like it's still death like it's still a huge thing and I just was like why are they smiling at each other like I just it just felt really out of place and I I was so weirded out by that I was just like what the fuck like why are you looking at each other like that like you're about to go out there and die like maybe let's have a little perspective I thought it was just it's just another example of how they just, the movie seemed like just a vehicle to show how brave and strong Tom Cruise was. Like, look at he doesn't even care that he's going to die. And I could buy it a little bit more with Ken Watanabe's character because, like, the samurai seemed to have a different view of, of death than anybody else did. Like, they seemed to be like, well, you know, it's a great honor to die in battle, so I could sort of see it more from him, but I think it was just a like too gratuitous that they would be smiling yeah. at each other. Like why? Like even I think even a samurai would know how grave it is to die. Like they would they would hold it they they held it in right. reverence. So I don't think that the smiling was 
the smiling just I agree didn't it make was sense. inappropriate and, and it was too yeah it was just too much showing like look how brave they are <laughs> did you see how brave yeah. they are yeah they're so yeah. brave oh my god um <laughs> it's yeah okay and so so anyway so they're fighting they're fighting against the Japanese military and then that one dude that's like part of the Japanese military suddenly gets super emotional. Like the first time we see any sort of emotion in the film, FYI, like pretty much. I mean, and he like stops all the soldiers from fighting. And the, and um, what's his name? Hats. Um, Okay, so Ken Watanabe's character dies. And then the entire Japanese military, and I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong, please, but the entire Japanese military just stops fighting and then bows down. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah, I didn't that get was that so weird. I... Like, I know it was. <sighs> like, all of a sudden, they want to honor him. But they wanted to kill him 30, 30 seconds ago. They wanted to kill him. And then all of a sudden they were like, we must yeah. honor him. It was, it made it, it no was, sense. It was so weird. It was just one of those, like, it was one of those movie tropes, like, oh, you made it out because the bad guy was a bad shot. Or, oh, you made it out because the bad guy got a phone call right before he was going to kill you. Or, oh, you made it out because the whole army decided to bow. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, Tom Cruise's character probably oh, should yeah. have died. But, but... They decided they decided to stop fighting and bow instead, and it, it's just like oh, lucky timing that he died before you, and they decided to it's bow. Just, uh, okay, yeah, I'm I'm glad that you felt like I, I wrote down, I said something. Um, the entire Japanese military bowing down was too I don't know unrealistic. It felt really movie like, and it, it's just I. I it was just weird, and, and especially since there's that one guy who's suddenly, like, starting to cry watching all these move, these all these people die. And, and I'm like, why? Why now? Why have the emotional aspect of the film now in a time where there's all this gratuitous violence and all these people are being brutally killed, and now this guy's like, oh, no, people. Humans are people. Oh, God. Um... Oh no, <laughs> guys, stop I fighting. Actually, this I is don't really bad. <laughs> like, what? I don't mind that realization in itself. In the movie, I agree. Like, I agree with everything you're saying, but in the mo- in a in a broader sense in the movies, I kind of like the realization when an evil character or like an evil henchman sort of all of a sudden his eyes are opened and he sees like the terrifying evilness you know and i kind of like that like in lord of the rings there's a scene where saruman is showing the character worm tongue his vast armies at um isengard and the camera just keeps panning this giant orc army just orcs as far as you can see and worm tongue has like a tear rolled down his cheek at just like the horrifying terror of the power that he's seeing. And I think that that, that sort of realization is sort of a beautiful moment. So maybe somebody who the whole movie in the last samurai, maybe like 
somebody who s- would see samurai as savages, because that's what they called them, would suddenly be brought to the realization of like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? I think that had, like, that's potential to be a very beautiful movie moment a moving beautiful moment in a movie but this movie did not well yeah and and I totally yeah totally agree with that like 100% I think but the difference is between okay so the guy that directed it was named Edward Zick that is Wick that's who directed Last Samurai the difference between him and Peter Jackson is that Peter Jackson understands how to put emotions into his film and this guy doesn't it's like I mean, what other movies has has Edward Zwick? Let's see. Directed. Um, I'm looking right now. He has also directed. Um, hold on. Oh, Blood oh, Diamond. Courage Under Fire. Shakespeare in Love. Wait, love wait. Oh, my, my God. Favorites. He did that terrible Jack Reacher movie. You remember that we were making fun of? <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that was Jack so Reacher bad. Movie. I don't think... I don't necessarily think that he's a bad filmmaker. I think this is a bad yeah. film. And I think that part of the reason it's a bad film is because of Tom Cruise. And without Tom Cruise, it might have unlocked some hidden potential yeah. but yeah i think that he needed to put more emotion in this movie well i've for sure yeah i've only seen okay i've seen blood diamond and i saw jack reacher and um i may have seen legends of the fall actually that's like one of my mom's favorite movies she talks about that movie a lot she because she loved young Brad Pitt. <laughs> she was like, oh, girl, young Brad Pitt. <laughs> That's how much. She doesn't like old Brad Pitt? No, she just liked young Brad Pitt. Um, no, she, like, she, like, famously had, like, this huge crush on Brad Pitt growing up. As we were growing up, she, like, always had a thing for him. So, I've. I've always just kind of grown up with Brad Pitt, like, as one of those people who I'm like, oh, yeah, my mom loves him. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um... <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um... But I... I don't remember anything about Legends of the Fall. If I have seen it, I, if I have seen it, I probably have not seen the whole thing. I remember thinking Blood Diamond was really good and was very an emotional movie. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I just, like, eh. I, I mean, overall, I would say, um, I, I wouldn't, I would never watch this movie again. I don't think, I don't think I would necessarily not recommend it to people. I think that I would tell them it's a beautiful film. It's an interesting film. It's a nice story. However, there's something missing in it. If you're going to watch it, you just got to go into knowing that you're going to feel, you're just not going to feel totally fulfilled as far as a movie viewer goes. Obviously, um, I mean, I've told you like so many times, like I used to work with this woman who I would like start talking about films and like how much they frustrated me or the reasons why they frustrated me. And she's like, she's like, why do you always tear them down? And I'm like, well, because uh, that's just what I like to do. I enjoy 
tearing down a film. Obviously, I enjoy it because I have a podcast <laughs> about it, you know, where you and I both like to tear down our uh, films. And, um, and, but to me, in order to like really enjoy a film, I think I like to tear it down because I, there's just so many aspects to it and there's so many different layers to it. And with this film, I really couldn't put into words what I was thinking until I started talking about it. And what I was thinking was, oh, the reason I didn't like this film as much was because there was just a lack of emotion to it and a lack of real, like, right. ever, like, feeling. Like, I feel like it's a movie where at certain points you should be feeling, like, so, like, just so hurt over what's happening that you're feeling like, oh, I, f I feel like I maybe I'm going to cry or, like, I'm getting, like, choked up. But there's just never was any of that. And I am the type of person who... I am a crier, so I cry at films, and I cry at stuff because I'm an emotional person, and I'm in, you know, and, but this film, I was just kind of bored. Like, I, I really wasn't, I, I liked parts of it. I liked aspects of it. I love Tom Cruise. I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. I will pretty much watch anything he's in, um, but overall, I, I, that, that's what I'd say. I just don't, I don't have a lot of positive like feelings towards it, I guess, you know? So I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. yeah. I would, I would never tell anybody to watch it. Yeah. I would, I would say, nope, skip it. Yeah. There's plenty of other movies that are more worth your time. I don't think it's a terrible movie. I don't think it's a great movie. I think it's a movie. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that people who maybe love samurai culture, or love Japan, love battle movies, probably find a lot more enjoyment out of it than I yeah. did. And um, I I can't say that I'd ever watch it again. I wouldn't. Not if I could help so, it. Yeah. Um, so I have a question for you. What do you think the budget was? Sure. <laughs> what do you think the budget was? Oh, my gosh. I bet the budget was like. 250 million close ish <laughs> except for not it's 140 million. <laughs> oh okay yeah i was very close yeah. <laughs> okay do you want to guess how, I how much thought, i saw that it was nominated for... it was nominated for a bunch of oscars yeah they, i don't think they yeah, won that surprised me because i i thought oh wow this movie was nominated for oscars but then i guess you know, Oscars is 90% political anyway, so... Well, and cares, also, but 2003... What were you going to ask me? I mean, 2003, that's a long time ago. You know, during 2003, that could have been a really great film. You know? Like, we could have seen it in 2003 and liked it. So, a lot of... I don't think I would have liked it in 2003. I don't know how I would have felt about it, to be honest with you. I don't know. Um, I can't tell you. <laughs> but, um... I think if you're if you're talking about like groundbreaking cinema, I don't think in two thousand three I would have thought that was groundbreaking. No, even then, but um, how much do you think the box office was? Oh, I think I read that on the Wikipedia page. It was like almost three hundred million, wasn't it? Four hundred and fifty six point eight million. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They made Popular. quite a bit of money from that film, <laughs> so. Hey, good for them. Well, I mean, Tom Cruise is a like Tom Cruise is a seller. Oh, for I mean, sure. I don't think his movies ever really tank. Yeah. So, and usually for good reason. I mean, 
usually if he puts out a movie, it's worth seeing. Yeah. But this one is a rare, a rare dud for me. Yeah. And the second Jack Reacher and Oblivion. Those are bad. I did not. I liked Oblivion. Oblivion was weird, but I liked it. But yeah, that Jack Reacher movie sucked. I thought. That Jack Reacher movie was garbage. Do you remember, (laughs) do you remember that one scene where they're going in to like a warehouse and they're like trying to find some guy and they like they like pull off his like little he has like a bag on his head and they pull it off and I for some reason thought it was going to be like a famous actor and I was like really disappointed it was like some random guy but like my what I was gonna say to you I was like leaning over to say it to you but I was laughing so hard that like you're like what are you laughing at and I like couldn't even breathe I was laughing so hard I was like because I was gonna be like Oh, I was going to be like, I thought that was a famous actor. And I was going to be like, oh, my God, it's Mark Twain. <laughs> and I just. <laughs> and I was just like. I remember that. I was just like, was that's not a so famous actor. seeing that movie because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> that, was, that was really fun. Yeah, we made a lot of fun of that movie. That was, it was such a dumb movie. Um, yeah. You can follow us on Instagram. At Watchers of Movies, we have a Gmail account. That's watchersofmovies at gmail.com. If you have any recommendations during quarantine, we're trying to do stuff on Hulu and on Netflix. So it's more accessible for other people so they can watch it and then listen. Um, obviously, going to the movies right now is not an option. Um, and I'm devastated, frankly, because I miss going to the movie like so much. But it's, you know. It is what it is. Um, we also have- I saw a meme. I saw a meme the other day that said, "Who knew uh, a lot of my mental health hinged on going to the store three to four times a week?" And I've never seen a meme speak to me so accurately. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to go walk around the store, you know, and like pick oh, up a couple things or dude. just do, you know. I know. So let alone the movie. I mean, I miss the movie theater, of course, but I just miss. I just miss being out in the world. Oh, dude, same. Anyway. You know, and, like, I will make orders on, like, Instacart, but I'll, like, make them over the course of the week because I'm too afraid that I'm going to miss something and I'm not going to be able to go to the store to get it. I I can't wear face masks because I feel like I'm suffocating and it gets me really panicky. And, And legally, in our state, we have to wear face masks if we go out to, like, stores and stuff. So... Um, for me, it's like, I'd rather just pay extra for delivery versus like the mental anguish of having on a face mask for 30 minutes and I'm like slowly dying and I feel like I'm panicking, you know? So it's been sucky because I'm like, I start the order on like Monday and then I don't actually like start, I'll like pay for it until Friday just cause I'm so worried I'm going to miss something and it sucks. It's just like, yeah. it's such a weird way of thinking, you know? And it's, I mean, it's uh, the adaptive thing that I had to do for the, my current circumstances. It's just a thing that I have to do, but it's weird. It's very strange. Um, but anyway, yeah. I agree. So you can follow I us agree. on Facebook. Um, I was trying the other day to upload the trailer to our Instagram story, and I was, like, really excited about it, but it, then it didn't work, and I think it was too long, so... I don't know, but I'm... It's a great story. Yeah. 
I was like, I was just, I was going to make it convenient People for all of our Insta it. followers out there to watch this trailer, and I, like, wasn't able to do it, and I was disappointed. <laughs> I was like, I was like, shit, this is a game changer. This is so cool. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah, and then, like, yeah, I, like, awesome. opened Instagram again, and they were like, yeah, this didn't upload, and I was like, but I can see it, and it was like, yeah, but it didn't work, so then I, like, texted Sam, and I was like, Please look at this. Is this right? And she's like, I don't see it. And I was like, motherfucker, fuck. So, you know, it's whatever. But I will, I'll figure something out. I'm pretty tech savvy. So, you know, man. Yeah. It yeah. is what it is. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> also, <laughs> also, thank you to Mike for our theme song. And Sam has his Twitter handle. What is it? Yes, Mike Myers. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42 Yep, yep. And um, I think that's it. You know, just follow yeah. us on Spotify. On Thanks for tuning in. SoundCloud, we're on Google Play, we're on iTunes. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Cool, cool. All Bye. Right. Bye. Bye.